Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. They're raised in a different culture than we are. I mean, that's just natural for them. A way forward. I want to be an encouragement. I I, I can't tell you how bad I want to be an encouragement, especially any mom here this morning that might have a bit of a heavy heart or finds herself in a tough situation and you you wonder how you're going to find a way forward. We're going to look at a hero in the Bible, Ruth. And in Ruth chapter 1, verse number 16, Ruth says this, and she said it so well. She's talking to her mother-in-law. Her and her mother-in-law have just been through unspeakable difficulties. And her mother-in-law is depressed and telling Ruth, go back to your people. I'm going to go back to my people when Ruth says this. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Ruth, for you ladies, can be a great inspiration today. And really, not just for ladies. This this would apply to us men as well, but we're going to focus on the ladies at being Mother's Day. Sometimes we find ourselves in very difficult positions where we really don't know how we're going to move forward. I found myself in that situation about 28 years ago when I was fired from a church there in the Chicago area. And he said, Pastor, you got fired? Oh, yeah, I got fired. He said, well, what did, you must have done something terrible. Yeah, I went in a couple of weeks earlier and told the pastor I felt led to pastor. I was his assistant, and I went in and said, you know, I really feel like God's calling me to pastor. He called me back in his office a couple of weeks later, and he said, well, if God's calling you to pastor, he'll show you the way. He said, you know, next week is your last Sunday here. You say, no pastor would do that. You can talk to some men in this church that know him and know of him, and they can confirm, yeah, there, sadly, there are men like that in, in this world. But it put me and my family in a very difficult situation, because here I am, I'm born and raised in Louisiana, all my family and friends are really down in Louisiana, I'm up in the Chicago suburbs, where are we going to live? How am I going to make a living? And I remember it was a gut-wrenching experience. Uh, this same pastor told me, well, you need to go to an area nearby Christian college. And it was a Christian college I was not enthusiastic about. But I thought, okay, I'll go check. And I remember driving over there and talking to the admissions director and not feeling comfortable with it at all. And then driving back across Chicago, which is culture shock to me. I mean, I drive across Chicago, and it doesn't register with me. Even being from Baton Rouge, which is a fairly good-sized city, Chicago is just a different world, a different culture. And and that was a gut-wrenching day in my life. And I imagine there may be some moms here this morning who, if you were to describe your feelings, that maybe you would say, too, that life has been gut-wrenching here lately. Life is filled with trials and tribulations. We know that because of our sin, this is a sin-cursed world, and we Christians are not exempt from trials. I think we go, few, uh, I think we go through far fewer 
than unsaved people, but we go through trials too. Uh, you know, I mean, our car batteries go dead just as well as lost people. And it's also true that moms and women are not exempt from trials. And it's in the midst of trials and tribulations that finding your way forward or finding your way ahead may become really challenging, where basically you're saying, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to press forward. I don't know how to handle it. Well, Ruth is a story of a woman who had experienced great loss. She carried great burdens. She faced great challenges and great responsibilities. And yet, she found the way ahead. If you'll take note, she did not wallow in bitterness or self-pity or despair. No, Ruth, in spite of all of her challenges, which were significant, and we'll get to them in a second, this woman persevered. In fact, this woman prevailed. And she serves as a model to anybody since then, man or woman, who's going through trials and don't really see a way forward. She, in fact, serves as a role model for any woman that finds herself in a difficult or what seems to be an overwhelming situation. In fact, I would sum it this way, and it will be on the slide behind me. If you are a woman, like Ruth, facing what appears to be overwhelming challenges and struggles in your life, then Ruth will demonstrate a way ahead that will give you the opportunity to persevere and prevail. Do you need some encouragement this morning? Do you need some inspiration this morning? turning to God's word this morning and turning to the book of Ruth, it will provide that encouragement. It will provide that inspiration. This is a very practical message to not only inform, but to encourage you. And I think a lot of women would be very encouraged just to know that looking to the Bible, you can say, yes, there is a way ahead. You know, I, I do not have to be bitter. I do not have to be angry. I do not have to be despondent. I do not have to be in despair. I do not have to live in discouragement. And I want to show you this morning how Ruth found the way ahead. And we're going to examine three things this morning. We're really four. But the three things we're going to focus on is, number one, we're going to identify the overwhelming problems she faced. In other words, you and I, we're not the only ones to face problems. We're going to look at the wonderful faith and the character that she displayed. And then we're going to look at the great reward that she received. And then at the very end, we're going to give you some practical tips on how you can make this happen in your life. But first, some background. If you read the book of Ruth, the story starts with a couple, Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, And where they're living in Israel, it's going through a famine, and they decide to pick up and move to Moab. That was against God's will. Moab, you know, the the, uh, Elimelech and Naomi, they're, they're, they're believers in the Jehovah God. The Moabites are not. They're heathen, vile people. Nonetheless, they thought life would be better there uh, among the Moabites, so they decide to move there. They take their two sons with them. And their two sons marry two Moabite women. And one of them (coughs) married a Moabite woman named Orpah, and the other married a Moabite woman named Ruth. 
from which this book of the Bible gets its name. But shortly after Ruth marries this man, things take a serious turn for the worse. Let's first of all look this morning at the overwhelming problems Ruth faced. And you know, it just so happened, you know, you've heard the old saying, misery loves company. Sometimes you, it, it's, it's worse when you think you're the only one that's going through a problem. Somehow I think sometimes it's good to know that, no, I'm not the only one that's having difficulties or trials. No, you can go all the way back thousands of years ago, and here's a woman, Ruth. Look at, look at the problems that she faced. First, she, it was a dramatic loss of loved ones. Okay, you have these three men, Elimelech and his two sons. They go there, and the two sons marry. Well, Ruth's brother-in-law dies. Her father-in-law dies. Any one of those is significant. But two of them happening together, and no doubt what was relatively a short period of time. And then her husband dies. And you know, they're saying like, what's going on here? But that is what was going on. We read about it in verses 3, 4, and 5. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. The loss of a loved one is probably as tough a loss as you can possibly have. I know my good friend out in California, Rich Sidlowski, lost his wife. And that dear man is struggling. That was over six months ago. And I mean, the pain that he is feeling. I can only imagine the pain that Ruth is feeling over having lost her husband, lost her brother-in-law, lost, uh, lost her father-in-law. I mean, all the men in her life that she would have counted on to a degree as a woman, they're no longer there. Lord, what am I to do? Lord, how, how, how am I to go forward? So she's dealing with that, but in addition to that, her mother-in-law, who no doubt she has grown to be very affectionate toward, is dealing with depression. Look at in Ruth chapter 1, verse number 20, and she said unto them, this is, <coughs> this is the mother-in-law, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why, why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? I mean, th- this woman is trying to figure it out. This is Naomi. This is the mother-in-law to Ruth. And she's saying, you know, God must be mad at me. God must be, God must be bitter with me. And, and you can imagine Ruth saying, no, 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 no. Mom. Maybe she calls her mom then. You know, mom, it's, it's not that. And so she's, here she's, she's, she's experiencing this loss herself. And as good women have to do so often, not only deal with her own loss, but trying to comfort those around her. And listen, caregiving, if there's one thing I've learned here in recent years, is, is caregiving is one of the most challenging things anybody will ever do in their life. You know, to move a loved one into your house that's not doing well and, and give care to them, it's one of the most noble, honorable things you'll ever do in your life, and at the same time, one of the most difficult things you'll ever do in your life. I mean, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And all of this is weighing on Ruth. 
Now to complicate things even more, she now in her commitment to her mother-in-law is going to be transported into a foreign culture, a different culture. And that's where Ruth said, and we just read, you know, entreat me not to leave thee. I'm going to go with thee. I'm going to lodge where where you lodge. And again, leaving familiar surroundings, that in and of itself, she's moving to a different culture, a different kind of people. This is all different to her. She's having to learn their ways, learn their customs. Perhaps like I went through in the Chicago area, (coughs) you know, I call it culture shock. Perhaps, um, perhaps Ruth is experiencing that here. This is new to her. This is responsibility she's taken on. In addition to that, her mother, her mother-in-law, you know, she she has no men in her life now. She's in a foreign country. Her mother-in-law is obviously, to me, I would interpret it as suffering from depression. Understandable to a degree. Well, how are they going to make it? How are they going to make a living? She had to become the provider. In Ruth chapter 2, verse number 2, And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, that's her mother-in-law, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. It was customary back in the day that people like this, widows like Ruth and Naomi, They could go into a field after it had been harvested and there would be some left of various things that they could have it. Well, it fell upon Ruth, the responsibility to be able to put food on the table. And that could be real daunting, particularly back in the the day and age in which she lived. So consider what this woman is, is living with. And all the responsibility that's on her shoulders. Here she's lost her husband. Okay, well, I got my brother-in-law, my father-in-law. No, she loses her brother-in-law. I got dad. No, she loses him. All the men in her life are gone. And and then she she sees the the, the deplorable state that her mother-in-law drifts into. And to Ruth's credit, she loves her and she commits herself to her. And then, then the, the mother-in-law decides, I'm going back to my people. And she said, well, I'm, I'm going to go with you. So she finds herself in this culture that she is unfamiliar with. And on top of that, the responsibility of putting food on the table falls on her. But she found a way forward. You will not find anywhere where Ruth got angry at God or got bitter or wallowed in self-pity. Anybody that is going to find the way forward will have to avoid those real temptations of wallowing in self-pity or getting angry at God or just going into an emotional tizzy where you're just out of control. You're, you're incapable of moving forward. You, you, can't, you have to avoid that. We see here in Ruth a demonstration of faith and character that got her through and what is essential if it's going to get you through. Let's look at the godly faith and character that Ruth displayed. And I kind of divide it into two parts, faith and character. We see recorded for us in the book of Ruth the fact that this woman became a woman of faith. 
Again, that same verse, Ruth 1, verse number 16, at the end of that verse, she says to her mother-in-law, and thy God will become my God. Ruth, no doubt, became a believer. Ruth, no doubt, turned to God. And it was, I believe, that faith in God that enabled her not to wallow in self-pity, not to get angry, and not to get depressed herself. The way ahead is always aided by faith. Faith gives you hope in God. People without faith... Unsaved people, people that aren't believers when they go through trials? What, what do they have? No wonder so many of them do such deplorable things. But faith gives you hope. God is on the throne. God is in control. God knows who I am and where I am and what I'm going through. How valuable is that? Just hope itself that I can get through this, and better days are ahead, and faith not only gives you hope in God, but faith gives you direction. I'm thinking about doing this. Well, I look to God through his word, and, oh no, I don't want to do that. You know, that, that's not a good idea. Uh, I'm going to do this. Wait, yeah, that's in God's word. Okay, that I can do. Faith gives you direction. And if there's something you need when you're going through a trial, if there's two things you need when you're going through a trial, one is hope that it can get better, and two is direction. And God does that. It wasn't that Ruth was lucky. It's not that any woman in this room that is prevailing through difficult circumstances is lucky. No, they're going to be people of faith. I like this quote. Faith is like Wi-Fi. It's invisible, but it has the power to connect you to what you need. That is so true. Are you a woman of faith? Are you, you know, well, how do I know if I'm a woman of faith or not? Well, let me just give you a couple. You know, women of faith pray. Women of faith try to lead high moral standards. Women of faith are in church on Sunday and, you know, when the doors are open. You know, women of faith witness. Women of faith read their Bible. Okay, let me ask you again. Are you a woman of faith? Okay, very important if you understand that. Ruth didn't get lucky. No woman that prevails gets lucky. We see here she was a woman of faith. Your God will be my God. That was a decision that she made and a decision that she stuck with. But in addition to faith, and this is critical, and I can't stress this enough, she was a woman of character. A woman of character. We see what kind of character she had. She was a woman of commitment. A woman of commitment. In verse number 17, Where thou diest, I will die, and where they are buried, the Lord do to me also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Her mother-in-law said, Look, no, don't, don't come with me. Stay here with your people. And she even goes so far as to say, you know, I can't have any more children that you'll be able to marry one of my children someday. Stay here with your people. And Ruth said, no, I'm going. She is a woman of commitment. The way ahead for any person going through trials to a great great degree 
is always aided by commitment. Committed people are people that don't give up. They, they, they don't throw in the towel. You've always heard the saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. There's something to be said for that. Commitment keeps you connected to the right people. Com- commitment keeps you connected to the right causes. You make a serious mistake when you go through a trial and you throw it all away. Oh, I'm not going to church anymore. I, I, I'm not hanging around those Christians anymore. That doesn't work for me. No, you're going to go through tough times, and it's that commitment that's going to see you through. Commitment connects you to the right people. Commitment connects you to the right cause. People of character are people of commitment. Oh, it may be hard to stay committed. It may be hard to to stay on the straight and narrow. It may be hard to stay uh, connected to somebody that is difficult to stay connected to. But commitment is so important. Here's a quote. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has left you. That's a great quote. Ladies, I understand the temptation when things get tough to just throw in the towel and say, forget it. No. Commitment to God. Commitment to family. Commitment to values, commitment to ethics, commitment to morality, commitment to righteousness, commitment to purity, commitment to God's word. You need that more than ever when you're going through a trial. And we see it in Ruth. She was committed. Her mother-in-law tried to talk her out of doing it. And that would have been the worst thing that would ever happen to Ruth. I don't think we would know Ruth's name. And she said, you know, it'd be a lot easier just to stay here. You're depressed. I don't know your people. You're going back there. I'll just stay right here. I'm looking for the easy way out. You don't hear a whole lot about character preached these days, do you? And it's what's wrong with so many of our families and so many of us individually. Commitment. Secondly, we see here under character, personal responsibility. Verse 2, I mean, chapter 2, verse 17. So she, that's Ruth, gleaned, went out and gathered in the field unto even, and beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. What this is telling us is, and you know, Bible could have left this out. It's really not essential to the story, except for the fact that it is essential if we want to know how Ruth made it, because she does make it in a great way. She demonstrated here personal responsibility. The way ahead is always aided when we take personal responsibility. I've never seen excuse makers do much with their lives of, of any sort. Have you? Excuse me. You know, and we all know those people. Constant excuses. Blaming others. Personal responsibility eliminates victimhood mentality. You know, we live in a culture today where people take pride in being a victim. What's that doing for you? Where's that going to get you? You know, we're all victims of something. You know, personal responsibility builds your self-respect. 
It's taking responsibility. It's, taking, it, it, it's, it's not staying home and just lamenting how bad it is. It's getting up and doing something. It's being active. I mean, Ruth could have gotten just as depressed as Naomi. Then they'd have been in a world hurt. Thankfully, one of them had character. One of them said, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go out in the fields. If I got to pick the leftover corn myself or the beans myself, hopefully somebody's going to leave a few tomatoes in the garden. I'll come home with something. Am I describing you? I hope so. Personal responsibility. I love this quote. When you start to accept responsibility for the results you get in life you also take back the power to change your future outcome. If you don't take responsibility, then you are becoming a victim, and you have no idea where that victimhood is going to take you. When you take responsibility for yourself, you are setting the direction. You are giving yourself your best chance, your greatest hope, your best opportunity. Another character trait, this one's huge, humility. Humility. We see that in chapter 2, verse number 10. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? She's out in the field trying to pick over the leftovers. And Boaz, who is somebody... It's his fields, his workers. He takes note of her, and he asks his workers one day, he said, "Uh, who's that? And he had an interest in her from the beginning. And then he the men tell him who it is. He says, tell you what, let her take all she wants. He's sweet on her already. But when he comes to her and starts asking her questions, look, look at what she does. She fell on her face. And bowed herself to the ground. Too many people are just angry today. Hostile. They, they, they have such expectations that, you, you know, you owe me this. You, uh, you, you, you need to give me that. All she did here in her humility was score points with this man. Leaders, true leaders, good leaders, as Boaz obviously was, they look for people that are humble. Those, it's the humble that are lifted up, right? It's the, pr- the proud that, are, that stay down. You can't tell me anything. Okay, I won't. <laughs> you know, uh, teach me something. Okay, I'll be happy to. One direction is up, one direction is down. Humility helps you to stay teachable. Humility helps you to learn from your mistakes. Proud people never learn anything. Proud people never profit from their mistakes. They've got all the answers. Here's another quote. True humility is staying teachable, regardless of how much you already know. Quickly, the last character trait that the Bible identifies for us in Ruth is in chapter 3, verse number 5. It's respect. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. She is showing respect for her mother-in-law. Which she should have done, and she did. And she said, her mother-in-law had given her some instructions. We don't have time to go into it. And, and rather than um, Ruth saying, well, are you crazy? I'm not doing that. Because she gave her some rather odd directions that she needed to do. 
But she said, you know, what you say to me, I'm, I'm going to do it. She is showing respect for someone in charge of her. The way ahead is always aided by respect. Respect for God-ordained authority places you under their protection. Respect for God-ordained authority indicates that you have a heart that God can bless and God can trust. Quote here, he who loves others is constantly loved by them. He who respects others is constantly respected by them. Ruth didn't get lucky. Ruth got smart. She got wise. She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of character. And she was blessed. At the end of the story, this is one of those stories with a happy ending. In the end, she got a husband, Boaz who want to say, hey, who's that over there? Chapter 4, verse number 13, so Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. Later on in that verse, she had a son. The Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And all of that worked to help her mother-in-law. And the women said unto Naomi, after all this happens, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Naomi's holding this baby and just as proud as can be. It says she she nursed that baby. Do you think we would be hearing this happy ending had we read about Ruth and we read about bitterness, self-pity, despair or despondency do you think she would have found the way ahead had she succumbed to those things that are antithetical to character so here's the practical application how can you develop the faith and character traits that will help you find your way forward here's the practical application of this today you got to do this. Number one, realize that as you're going through some problems, that if things are not going well for you, it just might be that you're the problem. And that sounds hard this morning. I don't mean for it to sound hard, but anything else would be less than being honest with you. If you're having problems finding your way forward, the problem may be with you. Maybe you lack faith. Let me tell you this. If you're not faithful in church every Sunday, you're lacking faith, okay? That's kind of a cut and dry thing. That's a good objective measure. Some of these other character traits may be a little hard to measure, but let's just keep it simple. If you're not going to church regularly, if you're not praying, if you're not reading your Bible, you know, on a regular basis, this, this could be a real problem for you. Maybe you're not even saved. We'll give you the opportunity to take care of that in just a minute. Maybe you lack commitment. Maybe you're just quick to throw in the towel. Maybe you like personal responsibility. You're waiting for somebody to take care of you. Maybe you lack humility. You know, I don't don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need any counsel. Maybe you lack respect for other people. Rather than respecting those in authority, you're just pointing fingers at, at those in authority. So number one, realize that you may be the problem. Number two, recognize the areas in which you need to work. Can, can you, can, are you capable of that? Are you, are you capable of being honest with yourself? And you say, you know what? I've never been a committed person. I'm always quick to throw in the towel. I, I, I need to change that. 
or I'm, I'm, I'm not a very humble person. In fact, it's evidence this morning because I'm mad at you for telling me what you're telling me. Right there. You know, if you walk out of this room this morning mad at me, then chances are that's a problem area. Number three, read your Bible daily. Be in church and pray faithfully. There's no institution on the face of the earth that is committed more to building people up than the church. And if you're missing that, you're missing the most important area that exists for you to be built up and encouraged in. Number four, reach out to those who can mentor you. You need help along the way. Remove all obstacles to progress. You may have influences in your life that you need to get rid of that's causing you to pull away from God rather than drawing you to God. Number six, be careful. Don't play the victim card. It's easy to do. It will serve you no good. There's no benefit from just playing the victim card. Nothing good is going to come from that. And then number seven that we all struggle with, ask God for patience. Finding your way ahead, it it may take a while. It it may be a long road. But I want you to have the spirit of Ruth. I want you to leave this morning. Forget about me this morning. Forget about anything I've said. Go away from here and read the book of Ruth yourself. I think it's just, I think it's four chapters. It's not, you you can read it in 10 minutes. Go home and read the story yourself. Read it again tomorrow if necessary. Focus on verse number 16 of chapter 1. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee. This says so much about this woman because so many women wouldn't do this and so many men wouldn't do this. This woman does it and she inspires me. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. That one sentence says a ton about that lady. And I want it to be said about me. And I have to recognize, for it to be said about me, I first have to recognize that I've got some blind spots. And I've got some areas of weakness that I need to not put off on somebody else, expect somebody else to take care of me. I need to look to God for his help, and with his help and by his grace, God can pull me forward. We'll end with this. This is what somebody said. I would suggest this is the main lesson concerning Ruth. We're done. The life of the godly is not a straight line to glory, but they do get there. The life of the godly is not an interstate through Nebraska, but a state road through the Blue Ridge Mountains of Tennessee. There are rock slides and precipices and dark mists and bears and slippery curves and hairpin turns that make you go backwards in order to go forward. But all along this hazardous twisted road that doesn't let you see very far ahead, there are frequent signs that say the best is yet to come. And at the bottom right corner, written with an unmistakable hand of the words, as I live, says the Lord. Do, do not let self-pity overtake you, or depression, or anger, 
are bitterness. They are all destructive. Recognize that this morning. And look to Ruth. Let her be your example. Let her be your model. Let her be your hero. And may she inspire you and encourage you and see you through. God is no respecter of persons, which means God doesn't like Ruth better than he likes you. And what he did in and through Ruth, he can do in and through you. That's not to say that Ruth, I don't doubt Ruth had hard days. I I can see Ruth with a basket going through a field and one measly ear of corn. It's hot out here. I'm going to keep going, Lord. Help me. It's not like it's going to be turned around. Everything's going to be fine. It, it, can be a, it can be a long, hard journey. It's not interstate through Nebraska. I hate those hills and curves through Tennessee or North Carolina or whatever. That's not fun. And it's not fun in life sometimes. But in the end, you will know that you did the right thing. And in the end, your life will bring honor and glory to God. And he will bless you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. As we stand, please. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.